This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in. It is the playoff edition of SETN Preps as the uh, first round of the uh, prep football playoffs begin on Friday night all across southeast Tennessee and, for that matter, all across the state of Tennessee. I'm Chris Goforth. He's Chandler Morrison. We do this twice a week. It's SETN Preps. You can find us on Twitter at SETN Preps. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Chris Goforth One. Make sure you like us on Facebook. You, you can also uh, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, podcast.com, TuneIn, and Pandora. So wherever you download your podcast from, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast, it would help us out if you would do that. Also, don't forget, we got our bracket challenge going on. Uh, you need to get involved in it. Time is running out. We'll have uh, round one of the playoffs getting underway here in, uh, well, honestly, uh, just a little over 24 hours or so probably from the time that you're listening to this podcast. So make sure you head to our uh, website, setnpreps.com. And uh, enter in the bracket challenge. You'll pick the winners of all of the playoff games. And um, whoever wins our bracket challenge will let you come on this podcast with Chandler and I and uh, talk some high school football with us after the uh, state championship game. So check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, look forward to uh, to having you be a part of that. So Chandler, we're going to have uh, our buddy Donovan Stewart on with us here in a few minutes. Donovan is with TNHighSchoolFootball.com. We'll be talking all about the prep football playoffs. And Donovan is going to, we got a lot of our local teams that are in this, but a lot of them are playing teams that are from um, Nashville or Knoxville, teams that maybe we don't have uh, a lot of uh, knowledge about. So we're going to have Donovan kind of fill us in and, and, and give us his thoughts on a lot of these uh, matchups for round one. So before we get to that, I know you've been hard at work uh, uh, putting together a, a couple of um, uh, some interesting tidbits on the first round of the playoffs. So, uh, Chandler, I'm going to turn things over to you. Yeah, Chris. So, basically, I, I did two things uh, statistics-wise. I looked at, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but I, I looked at wins per seed. Like, so, the average number of wins a number one seed has, or the average number of wins a number three seed has. And then I also looked at number one versus number four matchups and then number and number, and number two versus number three matchups in the first round, Chris. All right? So basically, the way it breaks down, and this is across all the public schools, because when you get into the private schools, they change the playoffs every two years, Chris. And so it's kind of hard to keep track of seeds, and plus they're way different seeds. So basically, since 2015, we've been under this current system. In 2015-2016, the only difference was that 6A was under the Super 32. I'm sure you remember that, Chris. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So basically, for the people that don't know, there were 32 teams in 6A, and all of them made the playoffs. So, and the, the seeding was different because it was like an 8 seed instead of a 4 seed system. So basically, past the past, all the way back to 2015, in Class 1A through 5A, and then 6A in 2017-2018, we compiled the records of all the two seeds versus the three seeds and all the one seeds versus the four seeds. Chris, the one seed versus four seed matchup is interesting. What would you give percentage-wise that one seeds win uh, of the time? 95%. So you were actually high on that. Um, it was 90%, 90.3% of number of one-seeded teams win their matchup against the number four seed. So then uh, my my Marion County Public School math tells me that that means that roughly 10% of those number four seeds pull the upset and win on the road in the opening round of the playoffs against a one seed. Yeah, what's interesting about this is usually when that four seed wins, Chris, they end up uh, most of the time, I think it's like 60% of the time, they end up going to the quarterfinal round or later. Wow. So, yeah, and that's, of course, you know, when you go to the quarterfinal round, you're running into the number one seed from your region, who you apparently have lost to to be in the number four seed for your region most of the time, Chris. But that, that's typically what happens uh, from what I've seen. I didn't get the 
clear numbers on that, but about the percentage in my in my mind, eyeballing it was about sixty percent of the time. They made it to the quarterfinal round or later. Now, here's the thing: two versus three matchup. What kind of percentage are you giving that to? Oh wow, that's going to be close. I, I, I would say that it's probably fifty fifty. It is not fifty fifty. It is in favor of the two seat. Okay, so. It's about 60, it's right at 67% of two seats beat the three seats. And usually when you look at a bracket, it it, it falls in there. There are some, like, what I did was, Chris, I had to go through these brackets year by year, classification by classification, and just look at each matchup of who won that matchup, Chris. And most of the time, about, it was about half sometimes, like, you would have every other, every other matchup, the three seat would win at, at some point. Um, and there were some brackets, like Class 1A, where you would see 8-0, right, or your one seed over the four seed. But there was never any bracket that I looked at where the two seed always won over a three seed. So, like, if you're looking at what I'm trying to say is if you're looking at the Class 1A bracket, Chris, there's there's never been a year where a three seed or a two seed has gone undefeated in any classification in any bracket. Wow, okay. So, so... If you are, and this is kind of helpful if you're looking at the bracket challenge. This is kind of like where the bracketology comes in. Second, second round of this, alright? So, basically, you can kind of look at those again. One, the number one seed wins 90.3% of the time, and the number, the number two seed wins 57% of the time. So, basically, it's a little, it's, it's like a coin flip and a fourth right there. That's, that's basically what you're looking at. I don't know how you do fourth or coin flip, Chris, but that's basically what you're looking at in those. Um, that's yeah. interesting, so, though. I, I didn't know, I didn't realize that. Uh, I didn't realize that. That's that's interesting because I, I view those those some of those two three matchups almost like the eight nine matchups in the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not completely fifty fifty, but it's closer to fifty fifty than most people might expect because. A lot of times the two seed is very good and the three seed is, you know, pretty good too. Um, let's look at, Chris, we talked about this a while ago. The average number of wins for a seed, basically what we did was we took every single seed this year, okay, every single team, and all the one seeds across the board, you know, uh, public school, division two, whatever, all the one seeds, we averaged in what the average number of wins was for a one seed. Am I, I ain't losing anybody yet, am I? Nope, we're all together. Okay, good deal. And Chris Thorne, I know everybody else did. So, <laughs> uh, basically, the number one seed, the average number of wins for a, for a one seed is 8, 8.49. So, basically, eight and a half wins is what you're averaging. Uh, as you go down the list, of course, you're going to have less wins because you're having lower seed teams. And, no, that's the number two seed, 7.14. Number three seed, 5.95. Number four seed is at 4.61. Across the board, you're averaging just over four and a half wins for each four seed in every division, Chris. That's including Division Two as well. So that bolsters it up because when you look in Division Two, you have um, Division Triple A has 6.5, Double A has 5.67, and Single A had 4.5. So. That's the average. Now, one that, and Chris, we talk about this all the time. It, it, it seems like every year there's always one team we look at, a one and nine team made the playoffs, a two and no team made the playoffs. But we really didn't have anything to quantify, honestly. Um, and so I think this really helps us out. The number, I believe it's the number in, in one A. It is one A. Sorry, I had to pull it up because I had to roll over those side there. Um, in class one A, the four C, the average four C in class one A, Chris. You heard this before, so I'm not going to make the guess. 3.29 wins. Under three and a half wins, you're averaging if you were a four seed in Class 1A. That's some bad football teams making the playoffs. Yeah, and, and we talked about this earlier, uh, you know, earlier before we were getting ready for this podcast. There was a 1-9 team that not only made the playoffs, but they were the third seed in the playoffs because their one win was against the team that got the four seed. Wow. So that is your playoff information. Doing that what you will, of course, this could all go to crap when you start filling out your bracket. But we do want to give you a little help because we
we wanted you to have some of the resources we had, not all, because we still kind of want to win Rock Chris. We don't want to look like idiots, but we do want to give you some information. Kind of like the NCAA bracket is when you fill out your Mark Mathis bracket. Here's your information. Do with it what you will. Again, one seed, 90.3% of the time win that matchup. Two seeds win 67% of the matchup. And the average number of wins for a four-seeded team is 4.61, less than five wins. Wow. Very interesting. Good stuff again, Chandler. That's uh, that's great work. Those are numbers. Now, after we get through this first round of the playoffs, we need to look again and see what the uh, percentages were from this Friday night. Absolutely. Glad to bring in Donovan Stewart from TNHighSchoolFootball.com. Donovan joins us usually a couple times a year around the playoff time, and we talk a little uh, little high school football playoff action. So, Donovan, if look, here's what we need from you. We need a little scouting report on some of these teams that uh, some of our um, local teams will be playing in the playoffs this Friday night in the first round. So we're hoping you can shed some light on some of these. Chandler, you feel free to jump in. If you've got a question about another game, I'm just going to go with take it classification at a time. I'm going to start in 1A. Um, really, the one game there that interests me the most is 3-7 and seven Gordonsville coming to 6-4 and four Copper Basin. It's been a great year for Coach Grabowski at, at Copper Basin. But, Donovan, tell us about Gordonsville. That's a traditional 1A power. Not normally a team, though, that you see a 3-7 and seven mark next to their name. Right, and you're, you're right. And, and the thing is, is actually it's kind of funny because the last couple of days I've been working on my victory formation for Wednesday, and I'm actually looking, I'm doing a little capsule for every playoff team. So I might, by Wednesday, I might poke my eyes out because I've probably got a 10,000-word column coming and – uh, the thing is, it's, it's, you know, Gordonsville, you're right. I mean, Gordonsville is one state title. They've won a couple of state titles in single A. They've always been single A. You're talking about a school that's, you know, about 250 kids and they're always, they have tradition of, of winning a lot of football games. And the, the thing is, the last couple of years, they've had big senior classes and, and that's kind of what's happened this year is, they don't have a big senior class and they don't have a, their senior class this year is very small and they've got a kind of a small junior class and a, and a, and a decent sized sophomore and freshman class. So this is just one of those valley years for, for, for a rural public school. And, and I think they'll be better next year. It's just, you know, it's just one of those years where, you know, stuff happens and you're just not as talented as you have been in the past. I know we're probably going to be seeing some more of Monterey, although they've not got a really great matchup this week. But what can you tell us about Monterey as we go forward? Really good, really good on defense. Um, they don't have anybody. Them and Clay County, obviously from the same region, are are basically mirror images of one another. They're, they they both are really good on defense. They have good players, but they don't have they don't have that star, you know, that star guy that that carries the ball. 40 times a game or throws for 300 yards. They're just two very good football teams that, that play, you know, that play sound football. And the thing is, is I think Monterey and Clay can win, can win a game or two. But the thing is, is, you know, can they, can they, if they play a South Pittsburgh, if they play somebody that's, that's really good in tradition, are they going to be able to win? I, I think that's the biggest question because, you know, both of them have had great years, but, you know, it would really stink to be 10 and 0 like Monterey and win a first round playoff game and then get beat in the second round. So, uh, we'll just wait and see to see kind of how far they go and, and what their matchups look like past the first round. In class 2A now, East Robertson is at Bledsoe County. They'll be in Pikeville on Friday night. Bledsoe County comes in at seven and three. East Robertson at five and five. What can you tell us about East Robertson? East Robertson had, had a, has got a really good quarterback that, that coming into the year was going to be really, really good. Um, as far, he had a lot of, you know, had a lot of, uh, he had some offers and things of that nature and he got hurt before an ACL in, 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 in camp. And they've had to adjust obviously because he was such a big, he was such a big, um, uh, offensive threat and what they've done is actually they have moved they have moved their uh, wide receiver uh, Taylor Groves. If you've not, if you obviously a lot of 
people in East Tennessee do not know the name Taylor Groves. Look him up. Google Taylor Groves. Uh, he's a sophomore wide receiver. He's about 6'3", 6'4". He's already getting looks from Tennessee, although I don't think he has any offers. They're in on him as far as they know who the kid is. Um, there, and there's some power five schools that are looking at this kid. Now, they've not really offered yet, but he's a really good football player, and he's kind of what they've done, and I think Coach Pond has done a good job this year with Taylor, is they've kind of moved him around. I mean, there's been some games where he's carried the ball 15, 20 times. There's been some games he's been the quarterback. There's been some games he's caught 10 balls. They're just moving him all over the field and basically making you defend and figure out where he's at and, you know, they're a pretty good football team, but, you know, like I said, I, I don't like their matchup. So I don't think they, I don't think they get past the first round, but, um, he's a really good football player. And like I said, he's only a sophomore and, and I'll be shocked if he's East Robinson when he's a senior, because I'm sure that there's a lot of schools that are trying to recruit that kid to come to their school for his junior and senior year. Donovan, when you look at this, this, this I get with these two regions. Um, of course, the top three that come to mind are Connor, Trousdale County, and Watertown. We don't know as much about Trousdale County and Watertown. So, two things right here. What can you tell us about those two teams, and will the state champion come from this 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 part of the bracket, or in your opinion? Um. Well, I'm kind of. Je- I, I've seen. I saw Trousdale. I saw Trousdale. Uh, against Macon County earlier in the year. And, of course, obviously, Trousdale has got a Satterfield coaching, a Blake Satterfield, which is the youngest son of Clint Satterfield. So he's a third-generation Satterfield coaching, his first year's head coach. Uh, they had a lot of guys coming back. So there was a lot of excitement in Hartsville because, obviously, they were the runner-up. They are the 2A runner-up, and they had a lot of kids coming back. Uh, saw them against Macon. Wasn't really impressed with them because and, – and, and they won, like, 28 to nothing – but they were very undisciplined. Uh, Watertown is the opposite. They had, they lost a ton. And I think that getting, you know, Gavin Webster's done a great job of, um, of getting those guys back because they only had like seven or eight starters that were coming back and they've done a great job. Of course, the Demarius, uh, Carey is the running back for Watertown. That's really, really good. Um, of course, Tyner, I think Tyner is really good too. I think the team though, that could represent the East, uh, is, is probably Makes County. I really believe that they, they can, they, they could, they could beat any of those other three. Uh, but the thing is, if Peabody, if Peabody's healthy, everybody's chasing Peabody because Peabody is so talented. And, and what the scary thing about Peabody, when they won 2A last year, they won it with a bunch of sophomores and juniors. So just think how good they are this year because those guys are now juniors and seniors. Yeah, I've heard people say they think Trenton Peabody may be, this may yeah. be as good of a 2A football team mm-hmm. as there has been in decades. Yeah, and the thing is, is I, 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 uh, Coach Shane Jacobs is, is a good buddy of mine, and I text him every now and then and ask him how he's, what's going on and how he's doing, and he's a worry wart, uh, and I give him crap, I, I give him junk about it all the time, but the thing is, is he says the, the thing that scares him the most about getting into the playoffs is they're not very deep. So as you know, and he's afraid like one big injury could really derail them. But of course, you know, nothing's derailed them yet because it seems like every week when you look at their scores, they're just, they're, they're blasting people left and right and scoring 40 and 50 every week. And, and they're really, really good. So I really believe unless something happens, you know, and either Cooper Boggus, the quarterback or, Gerald Dixon, if he gets hurt, who's the Army commitment at running back, if either one of those guys get hurt, it could be a different story. But if they're healthy, uh, I don't think there's any possible way they're not in Cookville playing for a state title. Let's go to 3A now where Signal Mountain travels to Upperman. What can you tell us about the Upperman Bees? Well, Upperman uh, obviously had a huge, had a big year last year. Uh, got to the semifinals, was 13-0, ran, in, ran into that 800-pound gorilla called Alcoa. Um, you know, and, and they're, they graduated a lot, but they, they had their quarterback, Donovan McAllister coming back at quarterback. Um, he's really good. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard, it's hard for me to, it, it, it you know, it's, it, it'd be hard to look at Adam Kane and tell him that his team's not as good because, you know, they're going into playoffs nine and one. So I think they're really good. 
the team in 3A, and I expect Upperman, at least in the quarterfinals, to probably meet Red Bank. I think the team to really watch in that bracket that could that could give Alcoa uh, some problems in that bracket later in the semifinals is Loudon because obviously Loudon just come off beating Red Bank, but uh, Coach Franken told me uh, when they played Blackman week one um, that if Loudon stayed healthy, that they would be at Alcoa in the semifinals playing for a, a trip to Cookville and. You know, I don't want to say that Gary Rank is Nostradamus or anything, but he did say that in week one, and here we are in week 10, and 10-0. So I don't know what sort of crystal ball he had, but if they continue to win, uh, you know, that the Loudon alcohol game could be a really good one. It's funny to hear you say that because Chandler said the exact same thing on our uh, podcast uh, earlier in the week that, that he thought the team that – probably had the best chance to derail Alcoa might be Loudon based upon what we saw from Loudon on Friday night. Chandler, maybe you're Nostradamus. You got anything, uh, any other questions for Donovan on 3A? Listen, my experience goes away once the brackets are made. I'm a bracketologist, not a guru. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, 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 that that could be right, but I'm not going to take credit for that one because, like I said, um, you know, Coach Rankin said that, and I kind of looked at him kind of strange. And but the thing is, he also said after he said that, he backed it up with they've been talking about this senior class that Loudon has is about 25 deep, yeah, and they've played since they were freshmen and sophomores. So they've been talking about this senior class for a long time, and they've kind of been pinpointing, you know, Coach Herrig has been pinpointing this for a couple of years that this is the year. And, you know, like you look at the results, and you can't argue with the results that they've they've, they've given so far. So, like I said, Loud and Alcoa may be the place to be in the semifinals if they both keep winning. All right, Donovan, let's go to Class 4A now where uh, Sullivan South, 5-5 five and five on the year. They will travel to East Hamilton, who is 7-3. and three. Grant Reynolds has done a nice uh, reclamation project uh, on that East Hamilton team now. They finish second behind Anderson County in, um, in their region. They get a home game. What can you tell us about Sullivan South? Well, Sullivan South is one of those that, you know, they're kind of a peak in the valley type school too, because they're in, they're in the middle of Sullivan County in, in Ruleville and everything. And I think they've done a good job because a couple of years ago, you know, they were like a seven and three. And then last year they were like three and seven or four and six. And this year they're back at five and five. But of course they had to step their schedule up because, um, you know, they're, everybody that around them is, is, is a big classification. So. Um, their best player is, is a running back named Julian Reed. He's, he's, I know he's been in my stat stuffers a couple of times. He had, I'm wanting to say a 200 to about 75 yard game a couple of weeks ago when they beat, when they had a big region win. So he's the, he's the guy that, that you have to stop to beat them. Um, and, and the thing is, they're kind of a pistol spread team. So it's one of those deals where they, you know, they're going to do, of course, then again, East Hamilton, you know, Grant has showed, the defense has showed that there's been games that they've really stepped up and played really well. So, uh, I think if they can stop the run first and, and read, East Hamilton's got a really good shot at winning. So the elephant in the room here, you got Greenville as the number two seed, you got Elizabethan as the number one seed, uh, Anderson County, of course, the number one seed on the other side. What can you tell us about Elizabethan and, and Greenville? I know that was a close game earlier this season, I believe. Is Green, is, was that just like a fluke for Greenville, or do you see Greenville as one of the better teams coming out of this, this bracket? Well, um, Elizabethan, actually, Greenville, Greenville had a 21-7 lead going into the fourth quarter. And wow. uh, Elizabethan come back, and actually they were ahead 21-7 going into the fourth quarter. They went in and kicked the field goal, I think, to go up 17 and, and Elizabethan scored three touchdowns in like about a 10 minute stretch to, to pull that game out. Um, and that was a huge win for Elizabethan for the simple fact of Greenville for a long time, especially in 4A football. Greenville, especially after Maryville moved out of 4A, they've been the eight, they've kind of been the 800 pound gorilla in East Tennessee. So for Sean Linton and Elizabethan to beat them, that was a huge win for them. And I was actually talking to a, to another uh, a coaching buddy of mine today, and we were talking about 4A. And this is a 4A bracket this year that, like, last the last couple of years, Greenville's been the team you definitely circled that everybody else is trying to catch up to. But, you know, they had that huge senior class. They had some great players that they lost to graduation. They're not as good, not to say they can't win it, 
But this is a year that you could see in Elizabethan. Um, you could see possibly a Hardin County in West Tennessee. Um, Haywood. I mean, I think there's this 4A this year is probably really fun because it's so wide open. Because usually in 4A, there's usually one or two teams you kind of look at and say, okay, this is, these are the teams. And this year you don't have that. So if you have an Elizabethan or a Hardin County in the state championship, I think that's interesting because they just never been there. Um, and, and of course, we're going to discuss 5A and 5A is the same way. 5A is always like that. There's not that 800 pound gorilla in 5A. But there's a lot of good football teams, and as we all know, if you get hot in the playoffs, you win five games, you're state champion. So, you know, I think that's like that in 4A. I think Greenville, Elizabethan, Hardin County, Haywood, those are probably the four best teams, and any of the four can win it, and it wouldn't shock me if any of them were there because I think 4A this year is pretty wide open. Where do you put Anderson County in this? Where do they fit in among the elite in 4A? They're pro- well. They're probably they're probably five. Um, they're obviously they like Greenville. They lost a big senior class last year. They had a quarterback that was record setting. He you know he's got every Anderson County record, school record that you can have in passing. You know he and, and the thing is Anderson's done a good job because of course they got beat first of the year by Powell. Um, and, and all they've done is figured it out. They've tweaked some things and here they are standing at nine and one and they've won nine in a row. So obviously they're, they're good. But the thing is, they're going to have to go through that, 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 uh, Greenville Elizabethan gauntlet because the thing is, they're probably going to have to play one of those schools, probably Greenville, a uh, second round and you'll probably get the other one in the quarters of a semi. So for them to get to Cookville, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to beat both of those teams. And the thing is, is heck, if they get the Cooper, they deserve to get, they deserve to be there because they've got to go through both of those teams to, to get the Cooper. So, like I said, I think Elizabeth and, and Greenville are probably a little bit better. But again, they would probably be fifth to answer your question, Chris. They're probably fifth of those five that I talked about. But again, since 4A is wide open, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, it really wouldn't. You've already kind of told us you think 5A is wide open. I've got two teams there that I want to get your thoughts on. One is Oak Ridge. They come in at 5-5 five and five against uh, facing Saudi Daisy, and then Ray County will host Knox Fulton uh, on uh, on Friday as well. Kind of an off year for Knoxville Fulton. They're 3-7. and seven. Give me your thoughts on Oak Ridge. Give me your thoughts on Knoxville Fulton. Well, I think both, I think both Joe Gaddis at Oak Ridge and Rob Black at Fulton this is, I know they probably wouldn't agree with this, but I think this is probably two, this is one of their best coaching jobs because both of these schools are down big time by their standards. Cause I mean, you're talking about Fulton who won like four consecutive 4A state titles back in the early 2000s. You know, Oak Ridge has won three or four state titles. They're a, they're a powerhouse every year. And the thing is, is, Oak Ridge beat Matt Julia a couple of weeks ago at Matt Juliet and was behind the entire game and, and found a way to come back and, and, and beat Matt Juliet. So the thing is, I think they both started off, of course, you know, they had a lot of youth. I know that Fulton, uh, actually Fulton played a freshman quarterback Friday night. And in his first game as a starting quarterback, he threw for 309 yards. He threw a couple touchdowns. He had a touchdown run and you know, that's what Raw, of course, they want, they're three and seven, but their, their record's kind of deceiving because they've won three in a row. They lost the first seven. They've won their last three and they've kind of figured it out. And they've put a lot of freshmen and sophomores, they put a lot of them out there to play and they, and they put them in the fire. And now these kids, they're not freshmen and sophomores anymore. They're, they're kind of veteran kids and they're figuring it out. So Fulton probably is kind of a tough out because they have a lot of athletes and, and they know how, you know, and because of their past, they know how to win. Uh, Oak Ridge, Coach Gaddis has done a good job of basically, again, figuring it out. They had some, they had some injuries at quarterback. They settled on the quarterback. They're playing better. They're a tough out. And of course, they're sandwiched in there with Powell, Knox West, Knox Central, David Crockett uh, from Region One. So 5A again. And then of course, when you look at Middle Tennessee, you're looking at Beach and Gallatin. And then you look at uh, Henry County out west. You look at Kirby. 5A's got a lot of good teams, but the, the the thing that's fun about 5A, there's a lot of good teams, but there's not that Oakland, there's not that Alcoa that you circle 
and say they're the best team and everybody's chasing them. When you talk about Knoxville West and Powell, they had a, a great game a couple of weeks ago. Are, are those two kind of, in your mind, are they kind of favorites in this pod, and how far could they go? Oh, I definitely think that they're they're two of the best. They had an absolute Donnybrook. Uh, it was one of those that it, it was a huge region game. Uh, the staffs are not the best of friends. Uh, you know, one of those type situations, and and there was a lot to play at the time. They were both undefeated. Of course, West has finished at nine and one. Powell finishes at ten and zero. Um, the thing is, is again, they're in a region with Oak Ridge. They've also got to deal with South Dole. They've also got to deal with Knox Central, the defending state champion, Crockett, David Crockett, Daniel Boone. So for them to play each other, you're probably looking quarterfinal, semifinal round. I think would actually, I think it would be quarterfinal round. Um, yep. and, and that's a heck of a quarterfinal round game. I mean, in the quarterfinals, regardless of what it looks like, that may be a place I may go just because that's an unbelievable. You know, the first game was amazing. So can the second game be better than the first one? Um, but I think the winner of that game, has a really good shot at um, representing the East uh, in 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 the title game because I think they're both really talented and again if they you know if they get on a roll and win three or four in a row and get the Cook Bowl they can definitely you know they can definitely win a state title and the team that I like in the West is Henry County started zero and two guys are eight and two they won eight in a row and they're figuring it out and they 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 put a freshman at quarterback. And the first two games, and now the kids figured it out, and they've won eight in a row. So, you know, I think a Powell Henry County, a Knox West Henry County, could definitely be the the five A matchup. Let's go to six A now. Bradley Central's they got a ton of athletes. They'll take them on the road and go to Farragut, who is five and five. How good are the Admirals? They're probably one of the weirdest teams to try to figure out because it seems like every time. And of course, Chandler, you guys know about this because you guys pick games every week. They're weird for me because every time I think they're winning, they're going to win, they lose. And every time I think they're going to lose, they, they show me up and win. So I, I, it's really hard to figure them out. Of course, I know that they've had some injuries. I know Gavin uh, Wilkinson, their quarterback, has been kind of banged up. And it seems like when he plays, they win. And then when he's hurt, they lose. So. They're a weird team to figure out because, of course, three or four years ago, they won by day. And, um, you know, they're, they're a really good team, but I think Coach Courtney is probably just banging his head up against the wall because when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't know what, what, which fair get team he's going to get, you know, and I think it's really weird being that they are five and five, but they're hosting a playoff game, which is, which is so weird. Uh, Donovan, you, you know, when you, when you talk about the, uh, the, the Bing County, Bradley Central, we saw that game a couple weeks ago. I think really what we're looking at is, I mean, Bing County, you know, it's not a definite win against Bearden, but it looks like their, their opponent in the second round would be like Dobbins Bennett at one seed. What could you tell us about them? Because that looks like the only thing in between a I mean, Bing County and Maribel matchup again in, in the quarterfinals. Me. Right. Well, well, it's interesting because I talked to a good friend of mine who's, who's, who's an assistant coach at Alcoa. And of course, Alcoa beat them. It was 21 to 7. So right there, that right there tells you, yeah, they got beat, but they only allowed 21 points to Alcoa. So that right there tells you that they're, they're, they're pretty good on defense. And, and, and my, my coaching buddy told me that he didn't think they could beat Maryville. But they were really improved from last year, and that coach, that coach has, that that Joey, the head coach up there, has done a great job in in, in, in from year to year to getting them to the, being the old Dobbins Bennett. And they're big and aggressive and physical. And you know, he was saying that there was they were going to give Alcoa some problems because they did some things that kind of bug Alcoa. And, and obviously, again, for them to only give up. 21 points to Alcoa, that shows you they're pretty good. And the thing is, is Dobbins Bennett's always had good athletes. So um, it's one of those deals where I think if if Maryville or McMinn Central or McMinn County look ahead to each other, you know, a Dobbins Bennett can definitely be a team that can snake bite them. And, and you know, again, they've, it seems like, you know, they've lost two in a row. I mean, of course, Dobbins Bennett's lost the last two weeks, but, you know, I think I think Joey has done a good job of getting them back, getting them back to being the Dobbins Bennett that we all know, and that's that's a very 
rough and tumble team that always seems like makes a makes a pretty good makes you know makes a pretty good uh, playoff run when the when when it gets here. Let's move on now over to Division Two. We'll start in One A. We only have one team here locally. That's Grace Academy. They've got the tough task of going on the road and taking on the University School of Jackson. What can you tell us, Donovan, about USJ? USJ is physical. They 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 will run. They're they're a multiple. They're multiple eye, but they're big up front, and they will they will just pound on you. And Michael Stroop, who's the head coach, uh, was at was at um, Scotts Hill about four years ago, and. Of course, got Scott's Hill to the playoffs and, and, and made history at Scott's Hill. And anytime you talk to a coach that played Scott's Hill when Stroop was there, always talked about how beat up they were the next week because they just, Scott's Hill just pounded on them. So he's took that mentality to USJ. And, you know, the Bruins, that's what they do now. And it's funny because, of course, Rusty Bradley, who's the Knox Grace coach, he was at USJ for, uh, a year, um, when Trey Smith, the Tennessee, or the, the former Tennessee offensive lineman was there, um, and, you know, they were a very finesse team and they threw it all over the place. And it, so it's kind of weird that now they just run it down your throat. And, and, you know, if, if, and that's the thing, if, if Chattanooga Grace, if they can't stop the run, they're in trouble because USJ is going to pound them. Let's go to Division Two, Two A. Boyd Buchanan has been. I think Jeremy Boskin. He needs to be uh, somebody's state coach of the year for the job that he has done at Boyd Buchanan with basically the same group of kids from last year that went zero and ten, and he has done. I think a a great job getting them to eight and two and hosting a playoff game against Lipscomb Academy, who comes in at five and five. Donovan, give us the skinny on Lipscomb Academy. Well, um, you know, I, I think that I think that Trent Dilfer's done a good job too. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, they won the press conference. Where, you know, nobody knew, nobody ex- expected Trent Dilfer for Trent Dilfer to be hired at Lipscomb Academy. So when he so when he was hired, of course, you know, they won the press conference because they got a former pro quarterback and he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback and all that. And of course, you know, media, you know, how pessimistic we are. You know, we kind of, okay, well, whatever. Is that going to translate? Well, they, they struggled here recently, but the thing is they got off to a hot start and, you know, they won the first three or four games and, and, and now they sit at five and five. But the thing is, is division two double A is kind of a weird division because BGA is the team that you looked at and said, Oh, they're definitely the best team in the league. And they've kind of struggled and they, you know, they're. They're now a three seed in the middle region. CPA lost a ton of kids. You know, they're four and six. Uh, I think ECS is the best team in the west, in, in the western part, but you don't really know. So I think this is kind of like 4A, kind of like 5A. This is a division that there could be four or five teams that get hot. They could win it. And, you know, I don't think Lipscomb's one of them, but I think Lipscomb's one of those teams. He's throwing the ball around a lot and they've had games where they've thrown for 300 yards and, had receivers to have 180 yards receiving and things like that. So the thing is, is they're fun on offense to watch, but I think their biggest, their biggest deficiency is defense. So, um, I think they can score points, but I, to beat them, I think you can, you can also score a bunch of points on Lipscomb. So, um, but you know, you got to give, you got to give Trent credit. You know, they've, they've done a pretty good job of turning that around because until this year, Lipscomb hadn't won five games. It had been three or four years and, that's a very proud, proud program that has not had the success they've had. And, you know, that's why they're, they're excited about this team this year. When you talk about this, this bracket on the east side, who do you see as right now? Who do you see getting to that? I, you know, cause you've got in the mid, it's just kind of weird practice. You've got the middle team mixed with the east team, mixed with the west team. So who knows where you're going to go, whether you're going to go to Memphis or Knoxville in this bracket sometimes. Right. Um, who do you have coming out of, the, out of that top part of the bracket with Knoxville Grace and CPA number one in those two, in, the, in that side? Who do you really see as the top dog in that? Well, it's really weird because I know when the schedules got released, I remember seeing CPA schedule and Brentwood High schedule and texting Engel Martin and texting Ron Crawford and both those guys and asking them if they needed their heads examined because looking at their schedules, it was unforgiving. And the thing is, the CPA is the best four and 16 in the state. Because they're 4-0 in the region, 
but look who they've gotten beat by. I mean, they've played Pearl Cone. They've played, you know, Ravenwood. They, I mean, they have stepped out and played some ridiculous, they've played independence. I mean, they've played these five and six A schools that, you know, have better athletes than them and they really don't have any business playing them. But Ingalls never ran from, you know, scheduling people. And the thing is, is now you kind of look at them and go, well, heck, they're making the playoffs. There's the number one seed in their region. And, you know, until somebody takes it from their code dead hands, they're the defending state champion. So I would think they have a good chance because obviously go, those guys know how to win a state title. I think, I think Jeremy, again, like Chris said, Jeremy's done a great job at Boyd. Now, they may not be a favorite to win it, but they, I definitely think they have a shot. And I think Grace, I think if Cooper Riggins is throwing the ball around that knocks Grace and he's, he's on a certain night, I think they're a tough out. And again, you know, I don't really know about BGA. I don't really know about how good FRA is um, in the middle region. And again, I think ECS is probably the best team in the West. But then you look at a team like Lausanne, and I know that they're five and four, and they're having kind of a weird year. But again, if they get hot in the playoffs, who's to say they can't win some games and make it interesting? Donovan, real quick, um, Baylor and McCauley both have the, the week off. Uh, they get that first round by in Division II AAA. But I got to ask because it's the, been the topic of conversation here locally this week, and I think it'll continue to be. They're on opposite ends of the bracket. Uh, now McCauley oh, I wanna, is. I want to see it. want to see it. I hope it, I hope it's a state title game. Really and truly I do. Yeah. And, and I'll, and, and it's funny because, um, obviously looking at, looking at the playoff stuff this week, um, Brentwood Academy not being in the playoffs is, is, is foreign. It's weird looking at a bracket and there's no Brentwood Academy. And the fact that they're the four time defending state champion and they're out of the playoffs and they had, they hadn't, they had, they had made the playoffs 21 consecutive years. They hadn't, the last time they didn't make the playoffs was 97. Of course, they were banned because that was the year that they got in trouble for the recruiting and they went to the Supreme Court and all that stuff with Coach Flat and everything. But I actually looked it up. The last year that they did not make the playoffs for something other than what happened in 97 is 1975. Wow. So for them not wow. being in the playoffs, it's kind of weird. And actually, here's another stat for you that's, I, that I will be in my, that's going to be in, it's going to be in the by the numbers in, on Tuesday and it's in my, it's in my victory formation for Wednesday to start my column off. Trousdale County. They have made it 32. They've made the playoffs 32 consecutive years. The last time they didn't make the playoffs was 1988. I mean, just wow. let that sink in. That's, I mean, and that's cool for the simple fact we're all from a small area, rural area. And that's Trousdale County dipped to a T. Yeah. And you know, the fact that they've made it 32 consecutive years considering they're a small school and you would think they would go through a two and eight or a three and seven year, you know, and screw up and not make the playoffs. But for 32 consecutive years, they've made the playoffs. And, and I've got a list of from them all the way down from 32 years to 10 years. Like there's about 35 schools that have made the playoffs at least 10 consecutive years currently. And that will be in my column for Wednesday, but it's pretty amazing. And you look at the list and it's like, wow, there's some schools on there. You would never guess that they've made it that many times. Um, but, but yes, to answer your question, I hope it's Baylor McCauley because I want to see, I saw D'Angelo Hardy last year at Brentwood Academy and came away totally impressed because Brentwood Academy has still not tackled that kid in two years. I mean, the kid's amazing. Um, and, and then, and then on the other side, you want to see Elijah Howard, cause I remember Elijah Howard as an eighth grader at Knox Webb and thinking, holy crap, this kid is amazing. And, you know, now he's paired with Neil and Jean and, and some of the other guys that they have at Baylor. So I hope that it's a all Chattanooga final because I think it would be an amazing game because, and plus, let's face it, it's, it's going to be interesting this year because of Brentwood Academy not being there. It's it's going to be interesting. So I kind of hate that they that, that that they don't play this week, but I understand why they don't. But um, but yeah, I mean, I hope and I hope like everybody else in Chattanooga that if it is if it is an all all Chattanooga final, 
that that game has a ton of fans there because I think that that game would be will be well worth it to attend. I told Chandler earlier this week. I, I think I think if they both get there, I think there could be twenty thousand plus show up for that. That would be awesome, especially especially since um especially since I think the the stadium only is, is like eighteen eight, so that'd be great. Yeah, and see that's the great thing. That's the great thing I love about Tennessee Tech. I mean, I know I'm, I'm probably like the lone media guy that likes Tennessee Tech because I know are. all the other, uh, yeah, because yeah. I know all, I know I know Hargis and and Jesse and some of the other guys around the state. They don't like Tech because they don't have an elevator to the press box, and you know it's not a big stadium and all that, and the facilities are not great. But the thing is, is when you look at it on TV and you see fifteen to eighteen thousand in the stands, it's full. It's not going to be full at Vanderbilt if there's that many. Yeah, it's going to be an empty stadium. It's not going to be a good look. And the thing is, you talk to those people in Cookville, and those people will help you. They will give you the shirt off their back. They're great people. They're they're excited about excited about it. And the thing is, they look at it from a business perspective and say, "Look, we're making about five million dollars in these three days." So, and the thing is, I don't know if anybody if it's leaving Cookville anytime soon because who else wants it? Knoxville doesn't want it. Um, I don't think Vanderbilt wants it. No, I, I don't. I know NTSU doesn't want it back. Uh, I know Clarksville wanted it when Will Healy was at Austin P. But I don't know if the call is is back for them to to want it again or not. But I mean, like I said, I'm the I'm the weirdo. I'm the minority. But I love it being in Cookville because really and truly, if anybody would want to be selfish and want it to be in Murfreesboro, it would be me because it's ten mi- it's ten minutes down the road for me if it's in Murfreesboro. Right, but I don't mind going to Cookville because the hospitality that those that those people show is amazing, and and I mean, I think it's first class from the get go. But again, I'm the I'm the weirdo, and I'm out there on my own. So who knows? But again, the thing is, is for some for another for another city to take it from Cookville, they're going to have to show. Well, they're going to have to show some big time money, but they're going to have to show too that they really want it. More, and I don't know if there's anybody in the state that wants it more than the, those people in Cooper right now because, like I said, when you go there, they give you the shirt off their back and they're excited about, about it being there and they're, and they show a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, of county pride and city pride and, you know, I, I think it's going to take a lot to get it from them. Donovan, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, no problem. I'm sorry I got on my Cookville soapbox there for That's the last. Okay. That's all right. We forgive you. We forgive you. Don, Don, I got one more question for you before we yeah. go real quick. Right, uh, sure. Have you seen the bracket challenge we're doing, and are you going to participate? I will participate. I just haven't got to it yet. Uh, when I finish I, 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 this, when I finish this, well, when I finish this, like I said, this ten thousand word column I'm working on, and the thing is, is this whole thing with the the Fayetteville thing has totally oh, yeah. screwed me up because I can't do a capsule for any of those teams right now, so I'm kind of at the mercy. And I would hate to be a coach, you know, that's involved in that because you can get the film right now. You can get film of three or four different teams with with the capabilities of huddle now. But the thing is, you can't make game plans. Because you don't know who the heck you're playing. So it's going to be very interesting Tuesday to see what happens. And yes, I'll definitely, hopefully by Tuesday, I will sign up and get it going and all that. Because definitely when you sent it to me, I was interested. I just haven't been able to, I haven't okay. been able to, uh, I haven't been able to, to look at it yet. But, uh, cause the thing is, there's going to be some looking at these brackets. There's some tough games. I mean, there may be some of those situations where I'm flipping a coin to see who wins the game. Come Friday night. So uh, it's, but yes, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be involved about it. Chris, are you taking Donovan to win this? Uh, if <laughs> if anybody not. could, yes, it would be Donovan. I, if I were going to put money on somebody, I'd probably put, I'd probably put money on Donovan. Well, you're probably that's probably a, that's probably a loser, but okay, whatever. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I told Chandler I'm going to lose to like somebody's cat, so. Well, that's, hey, hey, um, we did, my dad always does a, um, he's part of the little Squashy Valley, uh, bowl pick stuff that we do every year. Yeah. And, um, uh, a couple of years ago, I won it. And of course, you know, I had to puff my chest out because, uh, Christy, my wife, she participates in it too. And of course, I puffed my chest out because, you know, you win a couple hundred dollars, it's all fun and good. And this year, she beat me by like five games. 
Oh, so you know, yeah, it's it, it's it's so you know, it's it is what it is. And and what's funny is she was picking teams by their colors and their mascots in beating me. So it is what it is. <laughs> hey, listen, my wife finished fifth in some. I mean, it was like three hundred and something entries in a um, in a March Madness bracket um, last year. So who who knows, man? Who knows? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, you know. We try to do it analytically and, oh, I've seen this team play and they're pretty good. And, you know, you compare stats and you compare numbers and then your significant other, what's her nickname? What conference they in? Yeah. What colors are they? And they're picking it because of that and they're winning it. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You're picking it because you picked a war eagle over a, a tiger or, you know, right. a Chippewa or whatever. And that's how they're winning games. So. Who knows? Donovan, appreciate it, man. Great stuff. We'll talk to you again as we go through this playoff. All right. Thanks, thanks, man. And uh, uh, stay warm, Chandler. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right. Thanks to Donovan Stewart from TNHighSchoolFootball.com. Make sure you check out his victory formation. He does it every week. If you are a fan of Tennessee high school football, Donovan's victory formation is the it is the must-read uh, for uh, for high school football fans every week Absolutely. when it comes out. So check it out. Uh, you can find it at tnhighschoolfootball.com. They do a fantastic job covering the entire state of Tennessee. We just cover our little old piece of, of the state here on SETN Preps, just the Chattanooga area and Chandler and I. We uh, definitely appreciate you guys, whether you're li- uh, listening to us for the first time or if you've been with us uh, now for, uh, I mean, we're in our second year of doing this. So appreciate uh, everybody that takes time to uh, to participate and listen. Uh, you can uh, reach us. You can find uh, this show at SETN Preps on Twitter. You can find Chandler Morrison at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. Our Facebook page uh, is SETN Preps. If you'll just do a little search, it'll pop right up. And, of course, uh, you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast.com, TuneIn, and Pandora. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We definitely appreciate it. And check out our bracket challenge by heading to our website, SETNPreps.com. Chandler, uh, anything else? Yeah, you still got time. You better hurry, though. Because time is running low, so you're going to have to uh, to get busy, make your picks, and who knows? Maybe you could be on this uh, you could be on this podcast with us sometime in January. Chandler, you got uh, you got any other thoughts? I think we got some good matchups. At least one good matchup for classification, I think, Chris. Um, but we've got this, and, and we and look, look, we we thank Alan Stewart for coming on because he really, really gives us some insight, and possibly gave you some insight for your bracket challenge. So. You know, that's, that's always the pros, pros of this. Appreciate Donovan joining us. Uh, thanks to you for being with us today as well. Chandler and I will be back with you first part of next week. We'll be taking, taking a, a look back at round one of the playoffs. Enjoy your Friday night. Bundle up. It's going to be cold, but it's playoff weather. It's supposed to be cold. So go enjoy some football this week. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>